We have been duped by feminism, sexual liberation, and antidepressants. We have been told that we are powerful and free now as women, but we feel tired, wired, and bitter. We're mostly eating right, exercising, and meditating, wrangling to-do lists, and arranging playdates, and yet there's a haunting hollowness beneath the huge complaints. What if I told you that there is a huge storehouse, a reservoir of energy inside of you that has not been tapped, that you could feel light and pulsing, excited and alive in ways that a wellness lifestyle cannot deliver, that you could trust yourself, that the world could feel safe and that unexpected and expected delights could start to illuminate your path. No coach, therapist, doctor, or guru required. Just you learning to get real, present, and attentive with you. I feel like I'm here to matchmake your inner parts for the greatest love affair ever written. I want to help you learn first where you're buying eggs from the hardware store, which is the source of all pain. I want to help you master entering through the upset, which is the only spiritual practice you'll ever need and to get real comfortable putting on your villain crown, which is, in my opinion, the key to true power. And then you'll attune to your inner yes so you can live the life defined by the specific pleasure of who you are. I am so excited to announce my latest book called The Reclaimed Woman, which is available for pre-order now. So if you head to the link in show notes, you can learn more about bonuses, events, and companion offerings. And I cannot wait to see your gorgeous face on the path. I'm Dr. Kelly Brogan. You may know me as a New York Times bestselling author of a book with an exploding pill on the cover, renegade psychiatrist, pole dancer, or honorary member of the Disinformation Dozen. What can I say? I'm a born provocateur. I've spent most of my recent life exposing deceptions, connecting dots, and discovering the secret places my inner victim is still waiting to be liberated. And now I feel called to help you reclaim all of your parts, your health, your sexuality, your power, and your expression so that you can finally truly own yourself. I want to ignite in you that inner knowing and the pulsing vitality that lives beneath your disempowerment, disconnection, and resentment so that you can audaciously, courageously, and playfully alchemize your struggle into the specific pleasure of who you are. This is Reclamation Radio, a Soul Fire production. Hi, and welcome back to Reclamation Radio. I am Dr. Kelly Brogan, and today I would like to offer a much requested musing on diet and nutritional paradigms. And I promise this will not be a paleo versus veganism debate breakdown. Instead, I want to frame the journey of one's relationship to self-sustenance and speak a little bit about my personal experience over the years. So I've come to view one's relationship to food and nutrition as part of the maturational process of our inner femininity. And because of that, it makes sense that we would, you know, start the majority of our 
adolescent and adult life in some state of disconnection and unawareness. I know for me, I spent many, many years of my late teens and 20s giving zero fucks about what I was eating, literally, and just eating because it tasted good, eating because it was available. I'll get into this in a little bit, but I am, according to my mentor, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez's rubric, asympathetic dominant. So I've always been thin, literally doesn't matter what I eat. So I could treat myself like a garbage dump and it doesn't matter. I don't gain a pound. So I would eat, you know, McDonald's and candy. And I often talk about how even in the hospital where I was training in New York as an intern and resident in the gift store, they would know my candy order to the extent that they'd have it waiting on the counter for me every single day. So it was Twizzlers and dark chocolate Milky Way and white chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups every day. Okay. So, you know, you go from this state of unawareness and disconnection, you could call it unconsciousness and we have a rupture and we have an invitation to our individuation journey. And for most of us, that looks like symptoms. It looks like illness. It looks like an experience that we don't want to have in an ongoing manner. And so we're presented this crossroads in today's you know, democratization of information and the availability of so many of these ideas online, there are options, right? So you kind of know, well, I could manage my symptoms and run to the doctor, or maybe there's something I could do about it. So often at this fork in the road and the as of yet unalchemized experience of powerlessness, we look to the outside for guidance. So we look for that diet guru to help us out of this mess. And so many of us attach to a positive parent figure, a positive mentor, right? And for me, that was a naturopath, you know, that I went to when I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's and she became the good mommy, right? The good mommy authority who could tell me, you know, what to do, how to be, how to nourish myself, right? She could breastfeed me back to health, so to speak. And because of her, I took gluten and dairy out of my diet and began to engage conscious consumerism. So what happened there, right? So there are many, you know, frameworks, biological frameworks that I could explain, you know, through psychoneuroimmunology and, you know, the role of inflammatory foods in endocrine balance, et cetera, that I could explain what happened as I watched my antibodies. And that's a whole other discussion, the relevance of antibodies. Now that Tom Cowan is in my field, I have to be very careful using these words and making assumptions that we even know that these things exist and what they are and what they do. But for the purpose of this narrative, I watched my antibodies go from, you know, the high 2000s to normal range within a couple of months of changing my diet. And that experience of being told what to do and having good results is a lot like, you know, the hierarchical experience of school, right? So I ended up being and becoming a good daughter, a good patient to this naturopath. And so many of us can get stuck, especially in the functional medicine, integrative medicine world, we can get stuck in the external metrics, right? So the testing, you know, the, the fatty acid testing and the amino acid testing and the stool testing and the, you know, cortisol panel and all of these things, we can get stuck in, am I doing it good enough yet? And often there is a low ceiling on the vitality that can be reclaimed through that paradigm. So as we move along in maturation and healing of our inner mother, 
we can get to this place where self-sustenance is totally guided by that inner knowing and specifically becomes an experience of listening, right? So that receptive feminine comes online. You begin to listen to your body and relate to your symptoms, to the messages that come from your body with curiosity. And then eating becomes a pleasurable experience of self-nourishment, right? So I have visions of myself, you know, one day in the future where every single thing that I put into my mouth is an ecstatic moment of connecting myself to the natural world. That is possible. And I, I do see it as the archetypal journey of this feminine maturation. So I had already put my Hashimoto's thyroiditis into remission with the diet that I share in my books and in Vital Mind Reset. And it's an ancestral type of diet. And I already started to translate this into my private practice at the time that was focused on helping women to come off of medications and first offering their systems a signal of safety, chiefly through this anti-inflammatory diet. So I'd already had this experience and begun to have pretty remarkable success, not only in helping patients to taper off of medications, but to reclaim experiences of vitality, resolution of chronic illness, discontinuation of non-psychiatric medications, let alone psychiatric, I had already seen this. So I knew that there was something to this diet thing. And of course, the mindset shift that accompanies reclaiming your power of choice. Because if there is one choice that we make all day, every day, it's what do I put in my mouth? And so the ritual of reclaiming that begins to shift your system out of stress physiology and into regenerative physiology. I'm a firm believer of that. So I had already had these experiences when I began to work with my mentor, Nick, in 2014. And I am a believer that living proof is the greatest inspiration, right? So that's why I focus on publishing case reports and case series and randomized trials and gathering testimonial videos from people who have worked with my program and my approach. And I don't want to take health, wellness, and dietary advice from somebody who appears unwell. So when I, you know, when I met him late in his 60s and he did not have a single health ailment, did not wear eyeglasses for reading, and had more energy than could be contained in one human, I was deeply inspired. And that was before I learned about his outcomes, which have as far as I'm aware, not been matched in the scientific literature. And these are in neurodegenerative illnesses, in you know cancer diagnoses, including terminal cancer across the board. So I always felt that he had the answer to everything. So he was such a positive parent figure for me. And it was very inspirational for me to orient this sort of like just crystallizing awareness around the power of nutrition, what I was seeing in my practice, what I had been experiencing in my own body and my own health trajectory now felt like it had a home because the system that he worked with is a, a 12 diet model and is inspired by, you know, folks like Weston Price and Pottinger and the idea that ecologically in these different niches across the world, we develop a balanced nervous system in tune 
with the available environment and associated nutrients, right? So this is why you have folks, you know, Eskimos who eat primarily fat and meat, and you have Amazonians who eat primarily plants, right? So there is not one diet. However, there is this spectrum of diets. He did not believe that veganism was included in the spectrum. And he helped me to understand that the types of folks who would come to my practice, specifically those struggling with you know, so-called multiple chemical sensitivity with depression, with autoimmunity, with allergies, that these individuals are best balanced with a highly acidic meat and red meat specifically, and fat containing diet. So Nick essentially helped me to understand my success and contextualized the patients that I had been working with as parasympathetic dominance. So I go into this more in Vital Mind Reset. However, briefly, parasympathetic dominants have strong parasympathetic tone in their system, which results in things like reactive hypoglycemia. So these folks, you know, have this roller coaster of blood sugar and easily gain weight. And they are often, you know, sort of dreamers, visionaries, bohemians, outside of the box, thinkers, explorers, and they typically experience specific pathologies, if you want to call them that. So, you know, as I mentioned, hypothyroidism, these allergy issues, autoimmunity, and they on a cancer spectrum are the ones who experience you know, so-called liquid tumors, right? So lymphomas, leukemias, whereas the sympathetic dominance are the, you know, the thin, uptight, more rigid types, right? So the kinds who become doctors or lawyers. And, you know, he would say, you know, it's like the surgeon who eats like a candy bar all day and he's like totally fine. And so as I learn more about polyvagal theory and the ways in which the nervous system adapts to early life trauma, the paras are those more attuned to freeze response probably. And the sympathetic dominance are those more attuned to fight and flight. So Nick always said that patients want to eat the diet that will heal them. And that explained why so many of the vegans and vegetarians, which was probably the majority of the patients coming to my practice would light up like a Christmas tree when I would give them my, you know, red meat bolognese, recipe to start out their month-long dietary journey with. So at that point, I had seen that this high red meat animal food-based diet worked. I had the proof, I had the evidence, I had the context, and I also knew that it wasn't about a philosophy or about ethics. This was just about reclamation of choice and potentially aligning with high nutrient density, anti-inflammatory foods at a moment of health crisis in one's life. So we'll pause here for a message from our sponsor, my signature health reclamation program, Vital Mind Reset. When people have the chance to ask me questions about their lives, about their anxiety, depression, stuckness, and their feeling of being trapped in their body and in patterns of struggle, I pretty much have one answer. My history making program, Vital Mind Reset. It's 44 days, and this year it goes live on April 4th with limited capacity. So if you're ready to reset your story, join us at the link in show notes and on kellybroganmd.com and get ready to shed your struggle and step into the specific pleasure of who you are. So Nick's approach was a diet for life. 
for the most part, right? And what I began to observe is that, you know, my patients would do Vital Mind Reset protocol and folks online were doing this protocol. And what was happening was they were beginning to reconnect to their own intuition and to go on their own food journey and their own life journey. And so I actually think that because we are in this zeitgeist right now of psycho-emotional maturation, right? We're going from our collective adolescence into our adulthood, understanding what it is to take personal responsibility, understanding what it is to resolve our projections and idealizations so that we can actually step into the sovereignty of adult consciousness. It makes sense to me that things have changed, you know, since I first was exposed to these concepts. And now we are each on our own really spiritual journey in understanding how to exercise the power of choice around self-sustenance. And so this portal, you know, that I moved through and that my, you know, patients and online folks would move through is really about knowing what you can no longer unknow, right? So now you understand that your choices matter and they actually specifically matter in the resolution of internal incoherence. So that leads me a bit to my experience, which is that, you know, I was eating this probably more than what would be recommended through his model, more red meat than, you know, would be consistent with a sympathetic diet, probably because I was still in addiction around the stress physiology of sympathetic dominance, right? In my fight or flight, I really liked being revved, especially when I was still living in New York and Fast forward to 2020, and I adopted my first pet. I adopted my cat, Mushu, and shortly thereafter adopted his soulmate, (laughs) intuitively, who is named Bitty Kitty, and shortly thereafter began to raise chickens. And I remember the day that I, you know, had cooked some sort of a red meat filet mignon or something like that, as I did. And my Kitty, I have a lot of boundary issues with my animals because my inner child is in charge of them and she wants them around all the time on the table and whatever else. So Bitty Kitty's on the kitchen table and I'm eating and I caught her gaze and she's looking in my eyes with her big, beautiful green eyes. And I'm putting my fork into this filet mignon and I burst into tears. And I just had an experience of being jolted out of a way of being that I'm not sure I'll ever revert to, right? So I stopped eating red meat. Then I stopped making the Italian chicken stock that I made literally every week of my life and was, you know, my my children's favorite food, my mom's recipe. I stopped eating that because, you know, holding that chicken after having held my beloved chickens in my yard, it just was not possible. And I remember talking to one of my girlfriends at the time who has cats as pets. And she said, you know what? I would eat my cats if I was starving, right? Like if end of days, you know, I would eat them. And I thought that's it. This isn't about, you know, some sort of right or wrong spiritual path. It's about internal coherence. And if she would eat her cats, then it certainly makes sense that she would continue to eat meat and there wouldn't be that internal tension, right? So it's always the war inside that becomes illuminated. And then the steps to aligning with one's self and reconciling those seemingly irreconcilable parts inside is the task at hand. 
So it's been several years now that I have eaten a pescatarian diet. And I joke that nobody better get me a fish as a pet because I need some time to adjust and adapt. But I have given this a lot of consideration. And what I've sort of come to is that there are times in our early disconnection from you know, the earth, from nature, from each other, from ourselves, where the physiology and probably specifically stress physiology of an animal that is killed to be eaten is highly adaptive and is a gift actually. And to comport oneself around that gift with reverence and gratitude and some sort of a, a sacred awareness that, you know, this animal is offering you something that you need energetically, chronically, you know, biologically, however you want to look at it. I think that over time, we can unlock and unleash enough of our inner energetic resources. I mean, that's obviously why people can live without food or water and have done so for decades, right? So, you know, breathitarians know this <laughs> and water fasters know this and frugivores know this. Uh, there are ways that we can heal sufficiently, integrate sufficiently and begin to access dimensions of ourselves that provide that self-nourishment but it doesn't happen when you're steeped in childhood trauma and all of the incoherence in your life is unaddressed, right? So perhaps if you become a vegan or a vegetarian too soon and for reasons that are related to being right and good, you're so much in your trauma field and you're so little motivated by the curiosity of listening to your body and seeking the already there pleasure of self-nourishment that your body's going to show you, you know, this isn't it and it doesn't work and you're not ready. And not that it's like a readiness, like a linear thing. However, you know, for me, it has been, and I'm careful, you know, not to imply that I am more healed, you know, more spiritually attuned or somehow superior. And that's why I can eat this way. It's just that I listened to that inner calling and I actually felt the signature of lasting change, which is relief. When I personally shifted my diet in this way, I, I felt I actually continued to feel immense relief. And if I just felt like I'm doing the right thing and I need other people to do the right thing in order for me to feel justified in my rightness, odds are, you know, I would probably struggle with symptoms and the transition on a health level has been totally unremarkable for years. I have not noticed much of anything. However, I do have awareness around the fact that there is a potential nocebo hexing in there because I do still carry the belief that there are nutrients that are not available, you know, through a vegetarian diet. It's what I studied for many years in the early part of my career. And it's possible, you know, that I could then create that reality over years, right? Where I am becoming nutrient depleted over years, because often the patients that I would work with were vegetarian for several years before the shit hit the fan for them. And they were invited to explore, you know, their relationship to what it was that they were putting in their body. So in the summer of 2022, I did a water fast. And it was seven days of water only. I talk about my journey and also interview my friend, Andy Kaufman, who inspired this in the Sovereignty Series. And my experience of eliminating 
all food and beverages other than water for that week. And then it was fruit only for two subsequent days was so illuminating around the emotional relationship that I had to specific foods and beverages that I really was invited through that process to sit with myself and the parts of myself that I was distracting my awareness from in a way that was very, very, very challenging and uh, also clarifying, right? And so coming out of that, I thought, okay, well, I'm just, I'm going to shift my diet now to mostly fruit. And that was a total no-go for me. (laughs) So it's just not a fit. And that's not to say, you know, that Lauren Lockman, who is the lovely human who led the fast, who's been a frugivore for like 30 years, seems radiantly healthy, that that isn't real for him, right? And it doesn't beg the assertion of the one final dietary landing place. So the power of pattern disruption, the power of self-experimentation, the power of following your intuitive call to create a little laboratory to explore and decipher your body's own messages, it lays fresh snow on the mountain and you can ski new tracks. You know, to this day, I, I still explore and listen and experiment. I mean, yesterday I had, you know, two sticks of butter and six eggs. <laughs> so it's like, I'm playing around, always exploring, you know, my relationship actually to like nurturing beverages and specifically matcha that's on deck for me. And I want to listen. I want to learn. And I also want to resolve that little whisper inside that says, "Ah, this isn't really a fit for you with the power of my daily choices. I also came out of the water fast thinking like, wow, vital mind reset is really easy. (laughs) It's a really easy way to reclaim your life because there are outcomes through water fasting. And I, I think as we understand the power of water as information, Right. We, we can explain these outcomes in a profound way. However, I was like, yeah, vitamin reset is a way easier approach to saving your own life than, than this is. Maybe this comes like way down the line after something like vitamin reset. So I've really come to appreciate the difference between the inner yes, that is a guidance, is a connection to, if you want to call it your higher self, yourself with a capital S. And that inner yes often is very quiet. It's very uncharged and neutral energetically relative to the inner yes that might be appeasement focused. I want to get straight A's on life. I'm afraid of illness and death. Like I'm going here. I must, I must, you know, that charged yes sometimes will take you to a place where there are opportunities to reconnect to that quiet. Yes. Again, in the future. And the only way to really begin to feel for that intuitive, quieter. Yes. Is to send your body a signal of safety to begin to create the container for your curiosity and your capacity to listen to yourself. And I do think that's why a very structured program, you know, a a ritual, if you will, can be that portal of introduction to your own intuition. I mean, I've certainly seen it work over and over and over and over again, that the commitment and the exercising of your power of choice in the form of a diet protocol, 
at some point in your life, you know, I always say that vital mind reset is meant to be done literally one time in your life. At some point in your life can be a very, very powerful pattern disruptor that introduces you to yourself so that you can continue to walk yourself home. Hope that was helpful. If you're struggling with brain fog, fatigue, or anxiety, and you want to access game-changing life hacks based on my history-making health reclamation program, Vital Mind Reset, you'll love my free Calm Body, Clear Mind live workshop coming up. So opt in at the link in show notes or at kellybroganmd.com forward slash calm dash body. See you there.